You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. For this episode, we'll be doing Simon and Garfunkel, Bridge Over Troubled Water. In the room, I have Rob. Oh, hello. Anne. Hi. And Ben. Hi. Bridge Over Troubled Water is the fifth and final studio album by the American folk rock duo Simon and Garfunkel, released in January 1970 on Columbia Records. The producer was Paul Simon, Art Garfunkel, Roy Haley, and the genre is pop, rock, and folk. And from All Music Review, Bruce Etter. Bridge Over Troubled Water is one of the biggest selling albums of its decade and hasn't fallen too far down the list in years since. Apart from its gospel-flavored title track, which took some evolution to get where it finally became, however, much of Bridge Over Troubled Water also constitutes a stepping back from the music that Simon and Garfunkel had made on bookends. This was mostly because the creative partnership that had formed the body and the motivation for the duo's four prior albums literally consumed itself in the making of Bridge Over Troubled Water. The overall effect was perhaps the most delicately textured album to close out the 60s. The public in 1970, a very unsettled time politically, socially, and culturally, embraced it. And whatever mood they captured, the songs matched the standard of craftsmanship that had been established on the duo's two prior albums between the record's overall quality and its four hits. The album held the number one position for two and a half months and spent years on the charts, racking up sales in excess of five million copies. The irony was that for all the records and the music's appeal, the duo's partnership ended in the course of creating and completing the album. All right, what do we think of... Bridge Over Troubled Water. Well, I have a question for you. Yes. Uh, the cover of it? Yeah. Have you ever just put your... Th- yes, I, I, yes. I, was, I, was, I, I know exactly I, what I, I sat here say. and I made it. <laughs> yeah. Art Garfunkel has the biggest mustache if you just cover up uh, Paul Simon's face. It's true. It's, it's true. It's beautiful. He's a sheriff and he's going to clean he up is. this town. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, everyone. Well, that ruined that. Uh, I liked it quite a bit. Yeah. I think it's incredibly pretty and mm-hmm. songs are well crafted and i i really uh, i couldn't i couldn't say a really a bad thing about this yeah record yeah um, it's it's solid all i saw the way some through. i saw some reviews that tried to really yeah there, there was a couple that crapped on it and uh, huh. s- said it, it said it was no bookends was it christ <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's usually christ christ <laughs> 
uh, our favorite grump. I'm not sure if it was Christ God or not, but uh, he, he's wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, that uh, I, I kind of consider this to be one of the untouchable like records, like as far as what what can you possibly find like uh, about this that's like. Uh, do you not find it cohesive? Like I could uh, probably find one thing, and it would be Frank Lloyd Wright. That oh, is, but that's his like goodbye that to Art Garfunkel and, too, and man. Saying it, he didn't even goodbye. know he was singing himself goodbye. <laughs> 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 you know that story? Uh, well, I, I know the story about him seeing the a Frank Lloyd Wright house, and then telling Paul Simon, "Hey, it'd be pretty cool if you wrote a song about Frank Lloyd Wright." What I what but I they heard, always say different things about it. Yeah, what, yeah, what I read was that so Art had this this dream of being an architect, and his thing was like when when Simon and Garfunkel's done, when we're done doing this, I think that uh, I think I'm gonna try to be an architect. So Paul Simon writes the song "So Long, Frank Lloyd Wright," and 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 he wrote it for Art to sing, and Art sings lead on that, and he's singing song, like lines like. Uh, remember the times we'd harmonize till dawn, you know, it was so long. Frank Lloyd Wright. <laughs> yeah. And he did, it, it wasn't for years that Art Garfunkel realized that he was singing himself a, a goodbye song. Yeah. I mean, I had also read the, the, um, which one, uh, the loneliest, the only, only living, boy. only living boy only in New York. Boy. Yeah. That, but see, that was about Simon missing Garfunkel. Because mm-hmm. he was off. Right. They love each other. They just can't be together. Yeah, they really can't be together. <laughs> Although, I think Paul Simon did all right after uh, Simon and Garfunkel. That doesn't mean that they don't love each other. <laughs> it just yeah. means that they did better. <laughs> it's true, separately. but there's some sick burns uh, a lot later, too, when they were doing... Uh, when they made appearances together, including the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, where Art Garfunkel thanked Paul Simon for enriching his life, and then Simon responded by saying, Art and I agree about almost nothing, but it's true, I have enriched his life. (laughs) (laughs) He's not wrong. Three songs later, they left without speaking. (laughs) Do you think he made him stand behind him on the album cover? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, he kept back there. Just the top half of your face only. My favorite is uh, 11 years later, uh, Simon was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a solo mm-hmm. artist. And he says, I regret the ending of our friendship. I hope that someday before we die, we make peace with each other. Then he pa- paused before adding, no rush. <laughs> I so, don't know much about Art Garfunkel's personal life, but I have read a recent interview that he gave uh, like about five years back. And he just comes across... Like a real hard to like guy. <laughs> in the mid seventies, his girlfriend committed suicide, and I guess like all through the eighties, he just like was sad. Yeah, so he I think went he's had some tough stuff. Some stuff. It's also like, probably really tough to be the shitty one in the duo. The lesser one, then. but he was going for his movie career. Like that, sure. His, his big thing was like trying to like push that career like mm-hmm. to yeah. the point where they were having to like record some of this shit like directly in uh, like getting a little cabin in California so he could still do the uh, mm-hmm. the movie sure, yeah. yeah like throughout the interview he's like being mean to the waiter it's just like he, like <laughs> it's not necessarily the stuff he's saying it's how he's saying so. <laughs> oh no like, he, I think that Paul Simon did enrich his life uh, I think that Art Garfunkel is a very talented singer mm-hmm. you know but 
we all know what side of the bread is buttered on. <laughs> According to uh, the the Wikipedia, at the yeah. end of the Fr- Frank Lloyd Wright, you can actually hear uh, Roy Haley go, "So long, Art." <laughs> so long, Art. <laughs> I, I, I listened for it. You can tell me <laughs> really. He goes, oh shit! He goes, "So long, Artie." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's good. <laughs> um, I will say, uh, as we get more and more uh, within the albums that I'm just completely uh, familiar with, I'll have I start to have these like memories of like the first time I heard a song or have a, a vivid memory of something. And one of the most vivid memories I can remember about Simon and Garfunkel is. Uh, my my family goes up to Michigan uh, every summer for just you know a vacation for like a week, and when I was oh, I was probably like fifteen, sixteen. My brother was in college, and we got in the car and we go to the beach, like the dunes, Michigan dunes, and he put on Cecilia. Like the first thing, that is a great song to drive to the beach. To. Yeah, dude. Like it got we were excited. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. That's so, a good first memory of that song. Yeah, and every time I hear that song, I, I kind of think about, you know, driving to the beach or something. So it's, yeah. like, it's great. sings a few songs in this album uh, mostly by himself uh, bridge over troubled water is a solo until like the third verse i think paul simon comes in and uh, also so long frank lloyd wright what do you think of a uh, art garfunkel solo performer uh you mean on this album yeah he's okay he's, he's fine okay. yeah i mean he has a very nice voice mm-hmm. yeah there's no denying i yeah i i think it's funny we everyone it's easy to shit on yeah. on on I mean, have you know, you seen him? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it's easy to. He's got a face to, for radio. To kind of say, yeah, whatever. He's not. But I think they work very well together. I mean, this this works well together. Although, yeah, when you factor in everything and who wrote the music and yeah. who I think who I think painstakingly like was attention to detail, I think it's Paul Simon. I mean, they take a take a hundred guys or more, and but like ninety nine of them in a duo with Paul Simon, and and you're gonna be like, oh well, we all see who's carrying the weight around here. Yeah, he happened like Paul Simon is a force of nature. Yeah, like songwriting yeah. and you know your creative output. Yeah, but yeah, I I, I thought his uh, performances were were great. I thought that I, I I really like I love Art's voice and I love the song Bridge Over Troubled Water. 
around the middle of Bridge Over Troubled Water, it starts to get like really dramatic. <laughs> like it, it it goes over the line for me of oh. the amount of drama that I want to hear from Art <laughs> <Yeah>. Garfunkel. <laughs> yeah. Troubled shots. water. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I really like it, like the whole album, but. Sometimes the production felt a little bit much to me. Hmm. Um, the boxer took a hundred hours yeah. to record. Yeah. So like, that's, that's kind of well, nuts. Shit. That, that, that's not the first time they've done that. Um, on the, on bookends, yeah. there, what was the, uh, Punky's the name? Dilemma. No, it wasn't, it wasn't Punky's Dilemma. It was, it was the song for old people. Oh my gosh. Uh, or the songs about old people, like where it's just a whole bunch of like, geriatrics in a nursing home being like, I can't get up the mucus. Yeah. Uh, That took 80 hours. (laughs) What? I think that was the one that took 80 hours. Is it Punky? Yeah, yeah. You're wrong. You're wrong. My bad. No, it's Punky's dilemma. You know, once those old people get talking, though, it's... And then you're going to edit it down to the one gem, but but you're not going to be able to get out of that room for a while. No. (laughs) No, but yeah, going back to the boxer, they did um, vocals in a church and... St. Paul's and Columbia University, New York, and they did, like, all these other... They did some field stuff. I mean, it's, it's like, cool. it's okay that they did that, but I also, like, sometimes it feels like a lot. Paul Simon is, yeah. And it's it, like, it feels in step with what was going on at the time to some degree. This idea that, like, we could do crazy stuff. Like, there's one, I don't remember which one, but they took two eight-track recorders and, like, lined them up to record at the same time so they could do, like, 16 tracks. Yeah. But it was really hard to, like, make them start at the same time. Like, yeah. that... I don't know. <laughs> you it's, know how they got that, that really... Why are you doing that, man? <laughs> like, <laughs> the big... The, the booming boom sound in the boxer? Yeah. It's, uh, it's Hal Blaine, because, of course it is. Yeah. Because he's on every album. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, and he, they told him they told him to take his snare drum and a set of headphones down to the lobby of Columbia Records, and they opened up the elevator, so just an open elevator shaft, and he set up in front of it. And he's got his headphones on, he's listening to them recording it, and whenever he gets to that part, he just hit that <laughs> snare drum as loud as, as hard as he could, and they were just, like, recording it in the elevator shaft. So cool. <laughs> Yeah, the boxer or is so ridiculous. <laughs> or maybe both. I think I, I, <laughs> it sounds awesome. I mean, yeah, I just I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think when it got to the boxer, I just was like, fucking classic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that song Cute. is amazing. Like, it's beautiful. It's just like, yeah, oh, guys. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I think I had had said before uh, this album that Simon and Garfunkel had been sort of a singles a group for me and I mm-hmm. never found the entire album to be you know kind of like this quintessential but this one is definitely yeah, yeah. I mean there's so many good songs on here why do you think the second to last song on this album is a live cover I don't know mm-hmm. that yeah, was that weird. that was yeah. also the one after Frank Lloyd Wright I was I was I thought I that one was really strange, but yeah, the live one is so strange too. I did notice on the live Bye Bye Love that people were clapping on the twos and the fours, and maybe they wanted to show yeah. everyone how to actually clap or, at yeah, a concert. It was like we, they we were teaching them a lesson. This, yeah. <laughs> this is this may have never happened before. Yeah. We, sh- we should press this. Yeah. <laughs> also, maybe it was just. They didn't have an extra song, and they well, had that there recorded. Was, there was some kind of controversy where they recorded like a live TV thing, that yeah, they pulled from CBS, and so yeah. I think that 
so some of the tracks that like they definitely wanted to include different tracks they couldn't decide on all of it so maybe they included it because they needed something not political that would fill it out or something yeah, I don't know. yeah according to the yeah uh, the wiki article uh, following the end of filming catch 22 in october the first performance of their tour took place in ames iowa the concert included the everly brothers bye bye love backed by the audience's hand clapping simon and garfunkel were so fascinated with its sound so they repeated it a second time for a recording while the first try failed <laughs> Uh, yeah. They liked the second attempt and included yeah. the latter on the end. So when it says they liked the sound of it, do you think that what they're referring to is the twos and fours? That the yeah, I think it is. What's the this echo- what, echoey? What's this thing you're doing with your yeah? <laughs> Iowa. Who knew? Kudos, kudos, guys. Yeah, <laughs> Ames, Iowa. Strange place. Not the rhythm. Just a poor boy, though my story is seldom told. I have squandered my resistance for a pocket full of mumbles, such are promises. All lies and chess, still the man hears what he wants to hear and disregards the rest. David Byrne. Loves it. Yeah, loves it. Ames? Lots of murders there. Iowa. Oh, I thought he was just really into Des Moines. Yeah. Or Iowa in general. Hey, you know what that that bassoony sounding thing on on the boxer is? So it's like... No. That's a bass harmonica. Whoa. (laughs) It's cool. How big is it? That's Probably <laughs> Wow, I have a really big cool. harmonica, and it's like this big, but I can't imagine. Braggart. That's yeah. probably big. Let me find a picture of it. I gotta see what a bass harmonica looks like. I'll pull it out later. <laughs> so that is that's the elevator shaft. That's oh, so fucking yeah. cool, man. Yeah, I love that. Um, I did learn, too, which I had never known, that the boxer does have a missing verse. Isn't it the Lala Lies? They they did that, uh, but at five minutes and ten seconds, uh, there's there's a missing verse on the original like album, and then on concerts and you know other things you can hear the extra verse. Hmm. So oh. that's it. You can hear it right now. Yeah, oh, that's wow. a that's yeah. a gigantic harmonica. Yeah. Vince like showing the, us a, a sub sandwich of a harmonica. Yeah, <laughs> like a like not a small sub sandwich. That's like over a, a foot long. Yeah. yeah, I'd say that's probably. It's a couple of bond knees. Okay, it's, so my birthday is December 9th. <laughs> and I look like a bass harmonica. I'll get you a sub sandwich. Okay, <laughs> just write harmonica on the wrapper. Yes. <laughs> I always wondered what that was. Such a weird sound or sound in like that third verse there. Yeah. yeah. I, I wish yeah. I had I wish I had complaints and I, I really don't. Yeah. It's it's pretty good. I did want to mention too that uh, some of these songs like uh Baby Driver and um Keep the cu- Customer Satisfied. I was interested to hear them sort of do that Buddy Holly sort of like mm-hmm. uh skiffle or you know that sort of yeah. uh what would you say early rock sort yeah. of pop stuff yeah. it's interesting to hear them do that and also break it up with these somber songs break it up with these epic songs 
having all that incorporated into like one album and nothing feels completely uh, out of place except for Bye Bye Love. I will say that, but only because of the recording. It's yeah. just recorded I, in different I places. I don't dislike that live recording of Bye Bye Love. It just kind of comes, just out, comes out, out of nowhere. nowhere. Yeah, yeah. It's just, Especially when everything else is so carefully yeah. elaborately produced. It's yeah. like, what's happening? <laughs> doesn't cohere with the rest of it very well. Yeah. Uh, there are three wrecking cruisers on this. Uh, yeah, who's on this? You got Hal Blaine, yeah. uh, you got Joe Osborne, and Larry uh, Nectel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I knew there was some studio guns because of the sheer perfection of, of all the songs. There's one of the songs, it might be Bridge Over Troubled Water. I forget one of the songs. They're trying to figure out like a percussion sound. Like they needed it, like it needed something. It needed its elevator shaft. And uh and Hal Blaine ended up going out to his car and getting his snow chains from the trunk. And he sat on the floor and they mic the floor and he was just like shaking shaking the, the tire chains and that was like the percussion for, for something. Really? I maybe maybe like the second half of Bridge Over Troubled Water, but I could be mistaken. I know there was something with Art Garfunkel uh like just dropping a shit ton of uh, uh, drumsticks from a height and then recording it. I don't oh, know yeah. if they, I don't know what they used it on, but like I feel uh, like when they said that, I was like, I remember, but yeah, I don't I know think which one. I read something about that too, and I think it's it was a sound that sounds familiar. It right? was <laughs> it was like how they got one of the sounds or something for Cecilia. Yeah, maybe. probably because it's all that. Oh right, you yeah, know? yeah. You just record that and yeah. just chop it up, it. yeah, yeah, or chop it. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. All right, how do we feel? Man, it's great. We'll listen to this record. I would give it a positive. Total delight. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah? Sh- Sheriff Art keeps a tight town. <laughs> he does. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, this is, a, this is a great record. Highly recommend. Yeah, I do too. This is total, total positive for me. I mean, what else can you say? It's it's a classic. It's sold so many um, so many copies. I don't think we're going to see mm. Simon and Garfield nope, again. This, this is it. This, this is, is it. Yeah, we're going to see but we will Simon. see Paul Simon again. I'm sure Grace I don't here. believe we'll Absolutely. see Garfunkel's uh, solo record <laughs> no. on this. Um, Guys, he had a hard time. No, in the I, 70s. I mean, as, as far as like a, a band closing it out, this is this is the way to do it. So long, Artie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we're just gonna listen to this album some more. Cool. Yeah. All right. Next time we'll be talking about Cat Stevens' "Tea for the Tiller Man." All right, thanks, y'all. Yep. So long, Artie. So long, Artie. So long, So long. So long. So long. So long. So long. So long, so long.